Well, hello everyone and welcome back to GGN the 561. Weather in the 561 today? Beautiful. The moon last night was beautiful. It is a little <clears throat> cooler. Excuse me. It's a little bit cooler. Um, at this time of the year, it can get cooler. And when I say cooler, I mean <laughs> in the 60s pretty much. It's been in the 70s. But um, for South Florida, we're dangling down here very near the, the Bahamas. And last week, Gary and I went to the beach and the water we felt like between the water and the sand and the time of day the color of everything we really felt like we were in saint martin it was that beautiful the weather was just so so spectacular it's kind of fun to wear a, a sweater <laughs> every now and then and that's really not not such a bad thing um it's heather graham's birthday she is 51 the beautiful heather graham do you remember her in, she had a small role, but it was really pivotal. It was significant in the film from several years ago, but still one of my favorites with Jon Favreau, um, uh, Swingers. It's a Doug Lyman film, and it is, it is so brilliant, subtly brilliant, that film. There's a scene when they talk about how movies all copy from each other and then it goes directly into a scene where he is caught the director Doug Lyman is copying from other films it's it's so subtly brilliant like that it's like it's you know you wonder is that lost on the audience what he just did there but Heather in that film come her role comes toward the very very end of the film and uh she and uh, John Favreau just have this great conversation and chemistry together and it's so that's what I always think about her she's been in so many things she's very I think very talented and very beautiful but for me that that's the film that I always think of when I think of of Heather Graham you know I saw a t-shirt I I get a lot of clothing ads that will flow through my newsfeed, <clears throat> excuse me, on Facebook. And one of the t-shirts that, that I, that caught my eye, um, it's, it, it's black shirt with white writing and it, it's simply a list of women's names such as Eleanor, as in Eleanor Roosevelt, Rosa, Rosa Parks, uh, Ruth, you know, Ruth, RBG. And then the very last one, though, says my daughter. Now, I don't have a daughter, but I have an amazing granddaughter. And I thought, how cool would it be to buy, to see if they have that shirt? She's only eight, but to, to buy it to keep for her. But then I thought, you know what would be, if I had any talent at all in crafting or homemaking things? I don't. Uh, in in like sewing is what I'm talking about in textiles I have none <clears throat> and but to have women in your own family names put on there for someone like your daughter or your granddaughter because I had some pretty amazing women that I that are some of them have been gone a very very long time now some gone not as long but all of them all of them are gone, these strong women in my life that have been in my life. And how cool would that be to keep, to keep 
their strength and their the 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 little piece of them that still resides within me and I certainly feel within our granddaughter Catherine on a shirt. I just I don't know. I I but I don't have any I don't have any skills. It's like I could buy those, you know, those little iron on <laughs> iron on letters and try to do it. But I could even mess that up. I just I can't sew and I can't I can't create I'm creative in, in a whole other spectrum but in making clothes and and creating with a sewing machine, needle and thread, <laughs> any of that. My poor grandmother, my my paternal grandmother, tried so desperately to teach me to tat. Tat tatting is much like kind of a, it's like a, a lace making. It's this little bitty thing, and you have this very fine thread, and you make these little different things from it, and it looks very much like lace. And she wanted, she didn't want it to die with her, which ultimately, sadly, it did, because it was. She said it's lo- it's lost art, and it and it certainly is. And I just I tried so hard, and she got so frustrated with not really. She she didn't, but I think disappointed. She was disappointed that I just, no matter how hard she tried, I couldn't get it. It was the only one. My my sister, my mother, my grandmother, my great grandmother, my maternal uh, great grandmother made the most beautiful crochet with this very fine thread uh, baby clothes for me uh, that I still was able to see um, even as I grew up my mother kept them little hats and and little jackets and things like that you know baby clothes I was the only one that couldn't do it I just I couldn't do it but I wish I could because I would like to be able to every now and then make something. It's just not it's not my skill set, but I can't complain because I feel like I have creativity in other ways. I have started my class, the Harvard class, uh, that is online, of course, on women through history. And the very, very first class, I passed my first test, DME, uh, is on a woman I really had not heard of. I, I, I really hadn't. Her name was Jessie Tarbox Beals. Tarbox was her maiden name. I've never heard that name before. She lived from 1870 to 1942. And why I bring her up in this conversation about strong women, and why have I not heard of of her? She was really considered to be the first photojournalist. The first photojournalist was her. And I just, with all of the years that I've spent in media, that I never knew about this American photographer was kind of kind of shocking to me and um, my my guest yesterday um, Johnny Simmons talked about how he began his love of photography and and picking up a, a camera and how that how that began but but back in the day she um, Jessica was uh, truly, truly groundbreaking in that women just were not um, doing things like that. And through the through the years, she also got her husband involved, um, who was Mr. Beals. Um, that's where her last name came from. But um, her family, she kind of grew up in wealth in the beginning. Her because of her father's job having to do with again, I'm kind of tying this all together, sewing machine. Uh, his his involvement with sewing machines and they were very wealthy and then they lost their money 
and she went through the depression and he left and and while she was this staggeringly brilliant photojournalist who was hired by uh, the Boston Post uh, was her very first professional assignment and then she was later hired by the Buffalo Courier. She moved around. She was from Canada. She moved to um, California. She moved all around. Basically, she spent a lot of time in Greenwich Village taking photographs of bohemian lifestyles and she, if you don't know about her, it's, I, I don't want to uh, belabor the point about her today, but look her up if you have an interest in a, a woman who, all of these people have these amazing careers, and then they have, they have tragedy. It, it truly is like the, you know, the, the uh, comedy and the tragedy of, of these people that, are groundbreaking so so many times they have they have a lot of failure they have a lot of strife they have family heartache from their the the their birth family that where they come from but anyway look her up uh if you have an interest in her because she's uh, pretty interesting what isn't interesting to me is how disney continues to not imagine you know there's supposed to be imagination uh, re reimagining things are are not reimagining, just imagining, imagination, um, and they're not. They're putting out so many remakes. But in 1948, a book was written that uh, cheaper by the dozen is movie about you know millions of kids. Then a, a 1950 movie was made, and then Steve Martin remade the movie. Well, they're making it again. Disney is remaking cheaper by the dozen, yet again. I'm telling you, in this pandemic, this lockdown that we have been in now for really coming up to the one year anniversary of literally being home, uh, like stuck home for many months, we really couldn't even go out. It was too dangerous to even go shopping. Everything was locked down. You couldn't go to the store if you wanted to. Uh, You go buy groceries, but everything was dangerous. So... Um, the last thing I want to do is watch a bunch of screaming, maniacal children going crazy and parents that can't handle them. Um, I I really, I saw a quote the other day. It was about manners and the about, you know, people not seeing manners today. And that's why people, some people don't have manners today. I'm really tired of it. I'm really, really tired of, uh, I, I I made a comment. I'm in a lot of groups. Some of them are more serious than others. One of them is a, a group on a British TV show called Death in Paradise. And it's just a fluffy detective, you know, kind of mystery. Somebody gets killed, and then the team, it's filled on Guadalupe. That's really why I watch it. It's it filmed in the tropics. Uh, it's a fictional. They've renamed the town uh, or the island, but it's really Guadalupe. And so I like watching it, but they have a, they've changed cast and I really don't like it. So I made the comment that I, I, and I do, I feel like the writing has, it, it's actually, it's very bad. And the new head uh, lead actor is also, he's a good actor in other things, but he's just not suited for, it's not good casting. So I made a comment on there and within seconds, uh, some woman jumped on there to tell me, if, you know, that I was in the minority and well, I'm really not based on other people's commenting, but it really, um, why did she care? 
to to jump in there and and try to berate me. Um, but here's what I like. She said, "No offense, you know." And and I have and I replied back to her that typically, and I used to to manage a a woman, a young woman, and she would always insult people by by saying. Well, no offense, but, and then she would insult people. And finally one day, and I, I was treading lightly, but I said, you know, when you say no offense, do you realize that you then say something offensive that people take uh, in that way? And she really didn't care, basically, was her attitude about it. But it's this whole, um, I feel like I have the right to, be rude to you because why and and so for entertainment the last thing I want to see is conflict like that I don't want to see I want to see calmness I want to see um, I want to see I think manners and and things that soothe the soul and by that I do not mean Hallmark Channel movies that are fake and try to fake sentimentality. I hate that too. I do not like that. I, I, I like real, real stories, whether they, they make you tear up a bit or your throat constricts or whatever, but it's, it's real. It's a real story about real people. Even when it's fiction, it's written in the way of reality where you're not trying to bring something fake to entertainment so that's that's what i'm looking for right now it's certainly not cheaper by the dozen it's just the stuff that they keep cranking out so much of it is really bad so when something is really really good it is so appreciated one thing that is not appreciated um when the next podcast drops it will officially be february and that will be on monday and I hate the fakery of something else, and that's Valentine's Day. I, Gary and I, we've I've said it many times on a podcast, but we just decided a long, long time ago that 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 date just really wasn't for us because, um, to please don't tell each other that we have to go and buy cards and flowers and gifts and this and that. No. Mm-mm. let's just do it when we feel like it it's more genuine it's more real and that's what we do that's what we do why I bring that up is because craft is trying to help us out though trying to help us out by making food connected to Valentine's Day how are they doing that you may ask they're taking mac and cheese and they're flavoring it like candy, like hard candy, a hard candy flavor kind of thing. And it's pink. Yeah, there are just some things you don't mess with. Mac and cheese is one of them. You know, a good mac and cheese, when I was a kid, my mother would make these really just comfort foods. And one thing that she made, she made a really delicious meatloaf when I was a kid. Would I like it now? No, probably not. But for me, as a kid, the way she made meatloaf was, oh, it was delicious. And she would switch out her side dishes. 
but she would also make uh, macaroni and cheese, you know, from scratch, where you're not from any kind of mix or anything. And it was creamy and heavenly and comforting. It's like whenever I was homesick from school, she knew, my mom knew exactly how to perk me right up. If, you know, was I faking it? Was I really sick? Whatever. Grilled cheese. Yes, you know what's coming. Campbell's tomato soup, where you mix, you know, it's concentrate and you add a can of milk and then you cook it. There's my comfort food. So I wish Kraft would stop trying to, they do this all along, you know, trying to bring in food to everything. But I tell you what I do like, like Grant, I do celebrate in February. And um, this year, <laughs> it'll be the two of us. But we love Mardi Gras. We love Fat Tuesday. We love the king cake that uh, Publix, the grocery store, uh, does a good job. They really do a good job of making it. And uh, Fat Tuesday is not a big deal here. It's in South Florida so much as it is uh, elsewhere that we have lived in Dallas, I'm talking about, um, where a lot of people really, you know, kicked, kicked up the, the, uh, the beads and the, you know, the mask and, and made it super, super fun. But we still continue to do it every single year. And we will this year too, if all things being equal, we'll hope that we can, uh, get a king cake from Publix because I'm not going to make one. I, uh, well, I say that and we may if we can't find one because we love the beads, the mask, the music, the whole works on Fat Tuesday. So that's something we do. Now, listen, please do come back on Monday to hear Nancy Berry, our guest on Gigi and the 561. And then after that, uh, and I'll let you know when, will be Johnny Simmons Photography with the owner and photographer uh, Johnny Simmons. You will enjoy both of those podcasts. So have some other really interesting people coming up after that, but I don't want to talk about that just yet, but they are, they're coming. Um, so I really appreciate you being here. Please do go to northpalmbeachlife.com. You can always find the podcast there as well as my father's tales, many other things on our website at northpalmbeachlife.com. Gigi and the 561 is also not just on our website. It is on iTunes, Pandora, Spotify, and many other platforms. So we are all over the place with that. And don't forget, if you get a chance and you're just bored and you have your iPad in your lap and you're just, you know, tuning everything out, find us as well on YouTube because we have some videos and fun stuff there. So stay tuned.